Welcome to Long Story Long. I'm your host, Lisa Curry. Today's guest is the incredibly talented Jackie Tone. You may know Jackie from American Idol. She played Melrose on Glow. Uh, She's been on Howard Stern. She's been on everything. And most importantly, she has her own animated show coming out on Amazon this fall called Do Re Mi. And you should absolutely check that out. But first, I think you're really going to love this conversation. Here you go. Hey, Jackie, how are you? Hi, Lisa. How are you doing? I got to take one ear out. Oh, there we go. Because I can't do both ears. I got to be able to hear myself through my own. Yeah. I need mouth to ear. I can't do mouth to headphone. Does that make sense? Like my own mouth, I need to hear it back in. Yeah. I get that because I have headphones on and it's a, I can hear my voice, but it sounds more nasally and muffled and it's very annoying. I mean, if you think on this call, you're going to be able to claim <laughs> nasal voice, you're going to be on a call with me and you're going to call nasal voice. I don't think it's okay. going to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair. Thank uh, you. It's so nice to see you. It's I so nice like, to see, you. see you in a while. Hi, buddy. Um, hey. Uh, yeah, I... Um, I was realizing as I was like getting ready for this, I'm like, there's a lot I just don't know about you. Like, even I, though we took a pilot I, writing class together yeah, seven years ago, one hundred years ago, yeah, that was could have been a decade, uh, could have been another lifetime. No, it was twenty third. I mean, no one cares, so cut this out. But twenty, <laughs> I hate when I'm listening to a podcast and someone's trying to think of a year. I'm like, hey, no one fucking cares, Barry. Don't think of sure, your year. Sure. But it matters to like, me right now mm-hmm. with you. I actually interpersonally want to think of that. Yeah. But as a listener, I would have shut it by now. I would guess 2013. If wow. we're just grabbing Same. numbers All out right. of the sky. Let's just do it. Okay. Let's just go with it. We're settling on that. So where did never, you grow Lisa, up in never Southern settle. California? Never settle. <laughs> um, no, did I grow up in Southern California? Do I, do, I set, do I have the voice of a person who grew up in Southern California? <laughs> you don't. I think I just kind of assumed because I was like, well, I know you were a child actor. So I'm like, well, obviously you were here. Yeah, right? had to be, I had mean, to be one of two places. Yeah. yeah, so fair, 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 fair. Um, I was in New York. Okay, it well, makes sense New as York. well. I forget about that. Right. Yep, yep, yep. I was a New York kid actor um, mm-hmm. since I was... <laughs> I realized that for many years I was saying, well, I've been acting since I'm nine. And then finally someone was like, since so you're... So you got in, in the game late. But so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I waited way too long past my expiration. But people were like, since... Finally someone was like, since you're nine or since you were nine. And I was like, okay, grammar police, but... I I had been saying it wrong all that time, but also knowingly saying it wrong. And that's not yeah. making sense. Like also who cares? I mean nobody, but it was more just that like it was it felt cute to be like, yeah, I've been acting since I'm nine. Like it was more of a way to say no one cares. Now I've given sure. now I've given the audience two reasons to tune out. The year <laughs> thing, the waiting five minutes to figure out twenty thirteen and now yeah. this is a nine story. Like by you? Oh yeah, let's only um. talk about weather for the next it's gorgeous. Look. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm I love it. I'm really jealous. It's very humid here. Oh, it's gorgeous um, here. I mean, honestly, it's nice. It's gorgeous here every day. But yes, I grew up in New York and acting since I'm nine. Did you, and that was, was it your parents getting you into it? No. Or was this something where you were like, <laughs> dear God, I need somewhere to put this energy? That, but also mm-hmm. it was, dear God, I need somewhere to put this energy, but also it wasn't like, where do I put it? I knew where to put it. I knew putting yeah. it into a potential, I knew putting it in an attempt at TV stardom was where to put it ever since I was a baby, baby, like really I young. It. I wanted to like, be since your t- mother was crowning with you. That's correct. Like I was coming yeah. out and it, like, that's how they got Michigan J frog. Like I came out with the top hat and a cane and I was like, hello, my baby. Hello, my doll. And like, right. As I came out, I love they were like, is she crying or singing? And everyone was like, everyone jury's yeah. out. Yeah. So when you were doing it when you were a kid, was it did it feel exciting or did it feel as demoralizing as it does for us adult, now? Like for most people, um, you know, it's a hard question because it it formed who I am, and only much later in life and in through therapy do I realize that like so much of my value is wrapped up in my career and my how I feel about myself is based on how talented other people think I am. Yeah. Because, and that's common for entertainers, but child entertainers even more so because I learned it in my impressionable years. When actors are figuring it out in college and in their 20s, it's like, yeah, that's hard and that can be challenging. But for me, it was truly ego and identity forming. 
Yeah, I would it's like go, in your bones. I would go into a room and like when you talk about people feeling like they're too much and like I mm-hmm. was having very powerful people in the entertainment business tell that to my agent when I was 10. No. Yeah. So like there was like some crazy, you know, like I remember and I, you know, I do stand up about it now. But when I was a kid, like my agent got this feedback once that like I suck all the air out of the room. But what was interesting about that mm-hmm. is that. Or may not interesting, but I, um, I mean, every single thing I say is long story long. So it's so, it's funny that, mm-hmm. that this pod is called and you're like, if we don't get to something long story long by half out, like I do, it's all long story long. That's how I, I don't speak in <laughs> yeah. sound bites, but anyway, in the same way, all of the most comics, but all of that, to, except Mitch Hedberg, very sound buddy. Um, all of that to say <laughs> is, um, the other people that would meet me were like, oh my God. This kid's a star. We got to give her a development deal. We got to throw money yeah. at this and make it a show. But then other people uh-huh. were like, oh, God, it's a, that's, it's a, that's an awful lot for a child to be bringing to the table. But sure, it was weird. So on the one hand, I was getting like super support and encouragement. And on the other, I was hearing that it was like, calm down, slow down, less. Jesus, why? What is the ambush? And on the other end, it was like, my God, this kid has this personality and this energy and this comedy. And like, I don't know where comedy chops come from at 10, but they had them. That's great. Do you remember the first job you booked? Oh, yeah. Um, You know Bill Dixon? I do. Yeah. He once said to me, because I talked about being like a really funny kid and getting development deals and having, you know, doing comedy. I did comedy. I did stand up as a teenager. And he was like, what happened to you as a kid that you were able to be so funny young? Like something happened. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think anything happened. And he was like, might want to look into something happened. You're not funny. You don't have like observational comedy skills at 10 if you're not, if something's not going on. Like nothing necessarily grave, but I've been like literally since he said that, which could, he's not a fucking shrink, but he's like a super close yeah. friend. And like, sure. Wh- I, I still am going like, yeah, that is, that is odd. Like yeah. why I, I still don't know why though, but I just think it's because my mom is sick, funny, sick, funny. Oh yeah, and, you, are both your parents or is it? Yeah, they're both mom? they're both really funny. My dad's very musical, so I get that from him. And my mom mm-hmm. is like, but my mom's funny, like Joan Rivers, funny, like she's not like really quippy. Oh, beyond and just jokes and I mean, just I mean, my whole life. Are your parents in entertainment as well? Then no, not remotely. Just like but I got into acting people. because my funny ass motherfucker, because my mom's friend was an agent in Baldwin, Long Island, where we where I grew up in this small town. Uh-huh. Um, New York small town is different than country small town. It's not like we're on a farm with a cat. Like it was small town yeah, New York. Yeah. So it was like still shit was going on. Um, and a 40, 40 minute train ride to the city. Mm-hmm. So there was always, you know, opportunity for auditions and stuff. Um, what was the question you just asked? Do either of us oh, remember? No, I don't remember. I was asking if your, I was asking if your parents were in entertainment. No, and before that. Telling me, yeah, I've completely forgot. I was following no. your story. I was imagining this train ride, and I got lost in the visual of Joan Rivers. But before that, um, oh, the if first job remember, I got. Yes, booking your first job. So I think one of the first ones was um, I did a Rice Krispies commercial that I got cut out of. No. Yeah, and I was like 11. So this is like, well, did you still get paid for it? Is that no. a nice question? Oh, no. No, it's a fabulous question, and it's absolutely the one that you should ask as a fellow actor, writer, comedian. That it's like, is... well, I want to know the details. You know, it's awful. That's so So I'd been trying out for commercials for like years at that, for a couple years at that mm-hmm. point, and I finally got one. And I mean, if you think I'm new, I was real New York back then. Mm-hmm. And... um I would like go on auditions in a leather jacket. So you're smoking a cigarette, yeah. I mean, literally, I went on auditions in a leather jacket. I was 11 years old, a motorcycle <laughs> jacket, and um, I just was like a real character, and I um, <laughs> unbelievable. I looked like I smoked cigarettes for sure, and I, um, I I got this commercial. I was so excited, and then it finally aired, and there was like little vignettes of like kids at school mm-hmm. like eating eating Rice Krispies, and I just wasn't in it. And then I had to like pretend I wasn't devastated because my parents were so bummed and I was so bummed. Yeah. And then I had to like, I, I, it, they, they didn't put on me that I had to take care of them at all. Mm-hmm. But like, that's your instinct is to be like, no, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I don't care. I'll get the next one. I don't care. 
but you're like gutted and crying in your room. Of course. I mean, well, and I, you're mean, I assume by then you've already told all of your friends. I'm oh, forget. I commercial. mean, you don't even. But <laughs> what's funny is now I don't tell anyone anything. And then people see me and things and they go like, oh, I didn't know that. I'm like, yeah, because I can't. I don't post oh, about anything, that's... talk about anything. I mean, I have I have 30 years of experience, more than 30 years of experience mm-hmm. of getting really, really excited about something and then finding out I'm not in it or Um, I get, I did my first, I got my first series when I was Mm -hmm. 23. It was called regular Joe. It was on ABC. It was a mid season replacement and they had fired the whole cast from the pilot and then they were redoing it and it was going, getting picked up straight to six episodes. And I, um, we had a, it was my first series and I was in my early twenties and I went back to New York and my whole family had a party and it was like the biggest deal ever. My parents came out to, um, my parents came out to the taping mm-hmm. and on a Monday we had rehearsal Tuesday. I mean, Monday we had a table read Tuesday. We had a rehearsal on the set. Uh, Wednesday, there was like this big press junket to announce the show. There was a big mm-hmm. ABC red carpet. It was my first one. It was so cool. Um, and then Thursday, my parents came out cause Friday was going to be the live taping and they were in the car. We drove onto the lot at CBS Radford and I was going to drop them off at my dressing room, which was so cool. It was decorated with all my things and my candle and my rug and my first dressing mm-hmm. room and my name. And when my parents and I pulled up to the lot, I didn't know why the producers wanted to meet with me. Um, but when I pulled up to drop my parents off at right, my dressing you're room. you're thinking like, oh, they want to meet with me because something fabulous has transpired. Well, like not even, but just like, you know, talk about the show, figure something out. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even, I wasn't necessarily thinking, oh, it's amazing. I just was like, they want to meet me. Definitely didn't think it was like dire. And um, even though none of the producers were at the press junket and that was really weird and the energy was a little weird and I didn't know really what was going on. Um, Anyway, my parents are in the car and we show up. I'm about to pull into my spot to drop them off at my dressing room. And there's a man paint rolling my name off my parking space. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Yeah, no, that's 100%. That, that feels like a nightmare you have, and it's too... Also, I could never write it in... the nose. Yeah, I could never write it into a movie, because people would be like, I don't even feel bad, because that's so fake, that, like, yeah. since that would so never happen to a person because of how dehumanizing, demoralizing, how awful the people would have to be to even have hired the man before the production told me, that yeah. that man was there with a paint roller. Yeah, a long one. it's not like... A long one. Like a one, like, on a broomstick. Just, yeah, he has to be called in. Yeah, he's like a handyman for They're the lot. Estimates for people or whatever, you know. Like, there's no, a I mean, the, he's yeah. the handyman yeah, that works sure. on the lot. And instead of saying like, "Hey, Ralph, come on Friday," they said, "No, just come Thursday morning before we tell the actor that she's been terminated and that her dreams are crushed with her parents in the car." Um, They're like, "Could you time it actually so that they see?" Can this? you imagine what would be the horrifying? Even if I had pulled up. And he had done it that morning and my name had been paint rolled off. I probably wouldn't have put two and two together. I would have just been like, oh, that's weird. Like our show finishes tomorrow. We don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know. Could have been anything. Yeah. But no. God. Oh, that must have been like that. Also, it breaks my heart for you. But it also breaks my heart for your parents to have to watch you go through that. I mean, that's so awful. It's heartbreaking. It's really it's truly it is truly wild. And then, you know, and this is a funny business. You have to get up and, um, you know, do it again the next day because yeah, you have to dust the next time keep going because it, what are you going to do? Not try and get another job now? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. At this point, you're so invested. Fuck. Wait. So what did you do after that? What was the next like break for you after that? Oh, glow. Wait. 13 years later. Whoa. It's so crazy because I'm like, I don't even... Oh, God. Is anyone going to want to listen to this? It's so dark. But it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, what do you, what do you, like... I I mean, yeah, but you, I mean, I'm sure you feel, I feel, other people watching you feel that Glow is very long overdue for you. Because you've been so talented for so long and just been knocking it out of the park. And so it feels like... What the fuck? Like when you got glow, I was like, I felt as happy as if I, I had booked something because I was like, fucking good. Thanks, <laughs> man. It's you about know, time. I have to say one of the best 
absolutely best things about getting glow other than it being life changing and being the mm-hmm. fucking awesomest job ever and it being lady run and lady written and directed mm-hmm. and starring and the f- girl community I became part of for the first yeah. time in my life because instead of it being like this weird competition where there's only space for one girl and we're sort of like silently against each other, even though we support each other, we're all going out on the same things. And since shows were mostly written by men and there was only a spot for one girl and she was generally hot and not and almost right. never funny, mm-hmm. there was, all, you know, this sort of unspoken or spoken competition of like, fuck, there's just not enough opportunity for, for us. Yeah. Um, anyways... Other than all how amazing all of that was with Glow was the fact that people were coming out of the woodwork and being like, I fucking see you, homie. You have been, I am as happy for you as I would have been for myself. Yeah. Like so many people were like, I've just watched you hustle at the expense, I mean, not at the expense of the rest of your life, but like sort of, you know, I, I've just been eye on the prize comedy TV career lady forever. I just was, I was never anything else. You were hustling nonstop. And also, and this is, you know, I don't know you very well, but from my point of view, it's like always with enthusiasm and you're always doing your best. And it's never like a, you know, some people, take a couple of hits and then they just want to cut everyone else down. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, I feel like you didn't play into that at all. And you just kept doing your thing. I talked about this on, I did Ron Funch's podcast a couple, Mm -hmm. um, a month or so ago. And I was talking about this, like your perseverance is such a hot look after you succeed. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So not as hot when you're just struggling and 35 and everyone's Mm -hmm. like, I was just talking to one of my best friends who's in a, who's a brilliant writer director. And he had a therapist that was like, yeah, I think it's time to mourn what you thought this was going to be. You're in, you're almost 40, right? You're in your late thirties. You, this is a therapist. You've, you tried, you gave it your all. I'm not saying you're not brilliantly talented, but you know, what else is there? Maybe it's time to... It also depends on, like, what else you want. Because for me, and it seems for you as well, like, I'm like, I only want this. It's not like I'm sitting here thinking, well, shit, I'm going to give it another six months and then I'm going to be an accountant. I'm like, I'm going to well, give it another six months and then I'm not going to try to sell this pilot and I'm going to work on a different one. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. And I know a lot of people who, like, who de- who did do that, who were like, okay, if I don't make it by... 28, I'm going to do real estate. If I don't like <laughs> no. people, people do put like a, yeah. a timeline on it. And, and mm-hmm. listen, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Because this isn't for everyone. I mean, yeah. this, this game is definitely um, not for the faint of heart. Uh, the amount of like, I can sort of like laugh at my name being, I mean, I'll never laugh at my name being paint rolled apart off a of parking space, but I do a little <laughs> bit now. Like I do, like, obviously that's, abs- it's, it's absurd. Yeah. Did you ever like, were you ever kind of able to, I mean, obviously you were, I want to say, I want to say newer just in the sense of like, I think as you go along in this business, you're, we're able to speak up and advocate for ourselves a little bit more. Um, were you ever able to kind of like make peace with, the people who did that to you? That's a great question. Well, when they called me into their office and fired me, I was kind of like, I said, because what happened was there was like 10 people in the pilot and they all got fired except Daniel Stern. He played the dad, the one of the bad guys mm-hmm. from Home Alone. He's the best. Yeah. And then they hired, they fired the girl who was the daughter and they hired me. And when they fired me, when mm-hmm. I was testing for the role... She was uh-huh. there testing. She flew herself from New York oh. to, con- to try to continue to keep her own role oh. that she was being oh. fired from. Ooh, that's really hard. That's what this business is. They were like, her name is Kelly Carbosh. She was on oh. Orange. So we were both ended up on Genji Cohan shows. Oh, I love it. And she's amazing. But so Kelly, we still laugh about this. Like we would run into each other at Netflix parties and be like, bitch, look at us. What? Hi. <laughs> Hi. Remember 20, almost, remember 15, 18 years ago when we were... 
So, and she was so cool. And so we saw each other in the waiting room and we talked about it and she was like, yeah, I actually did the pilot and like, now I'm back out here testing. And I remember leaving thinking like, oh my God, poor girl. Like she has to see all these other girls up for a role she already fought for and already booked, then got fired from and is now refighting for. Fuck. And then I book it. And then she's like, well, okay. She goes back to New York. I get fired. She gets rehired. What? Kelly got rehired. What is even going on? What is even going on? But it's that level of them not knowing. So when I was in the office, when I was being fired, I was like, this is, I just feel like such a casualty of you guys not knowing what you want. I was so young and I was saying that. I was like, it just sucks that I'm such a casualty of you guys not knowing. And they were like, I I said something and I was like, this is so fucked up. And some, some lady that I didn't even, never even met was like, oh, you don't need to come in here and swear. And I was like, you don't need to tell me what to fucking come in here and do. (laughs) You're like, are you out of your fucking mind? After you've just fired me. Yeah, correct. And then I left. Mm -hmm. And so did I ever get a, and I know those people's names and they're Mm -hmm. all very still successful, still big producers, still. That's also, it's just so inconsiderate because it's, you know, I get when you're putting a project together, you're developing it, you're whatever. There's a lot of people's opinions that go into a thing. And so there's a lot of disagreements and tweaking and whatever, but... But there's also human beings. No, that you know that seems to never be considered. Yeah. Or the last thing considered when it's or or no, never considered. It's just like, listen, this is what this is what this business is. This is what we need to do for the betterment of the project. And if you don't have thick skin, then this isn't the business for you because this is what it is, honey. This is what it is, honey. Yeah, it's fucked up, but it's also like you know, then Glow comes along and then my cooking show came along. And so I, I definitely don't want my whole, I mean, we are on long story long and I don't think it's going to be, it might not be as interesting to be like, no, there's wonderful things too, but I definitely yeah, don't. No, but I, think I do are, feel I like think when I listened back to Funch's podcast, it really was a little bit like, oh God. Like I don't, <laughs> I definitely don't want to be, cause I, I don't live my life in a sad, yeah, sacky way. Like at all. Well, and you've done so much cool shit also in the meantime, like, uh, but when people are like, yo, t- like, tell me a crazy story and mm-hmm. what shit went down. I'm like, oh, I have a crazy, I have some crazy <laughs> stories. Oh, the Howard Stern stuff is the greatest ever. He's my oh, yeah. idol. Yeah. He, I mean, he's the fucking, it's my king. he's the man. He's I love my king, it. bro. That's my guy. I, I love never it. met and him. such a great thing that you're, you've been able to work with him and do all these other things that are, that are super fulfilling. Um, I love and him. it's also so great that you also, you have stand up because so many actors, don't have that and then they're just kind of I mean in my imagination they're sitting at home quietly like just waiting for a good script well that's what I say but also like waiting for a good script I get a good script all the time do you think they're hiring me I mean (laughs) sometimes right occasionally well you're a kind woman but it's like that's the thing even about waiting for the phone to ring or getting a good script it's not like Mm -hmm. I don't know why Kira Knightley is always the celebrity that comes to my mind but it's not like I'm Kira Knightley and things come across my desk and I'm sitting here and I get to pick and choose what I want to do like it's all still even if you have shows under your belt and you know all this other stuff it's still still a rat race of course and there's so many fucking talented people how did glow come about um an audition a regular old audition I um I had just played Gilda Radner which was crazy so which is perfect the most incredible thing ever so basically the um I was struggling Mm -hmm. and um I had started doing a ton I'd always I started stand up when I was 14 and then in my 20s the short version of this story on uh short story short is that (laughs) I I in my 20s was very focused on the men I was dating and not as much focusing on myself and I just wonder if I was like maybe exhausted because by the time I was 22 I'd been acting for 13 years and had already, you know, by 23, I'd gotten that series I told you about and then yeah. been fired. And I really dove head first into the men I was dating and, um, I don't know, cultivating their talents and writing with for them and helping and uh-huh. pushing. And, um, I was doing my own thing too, but I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was flourishing. You weren't your own central focus. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I Sometimes I don't know. It's hard to remember. It's 
a long time ago and also so many specific different relationships of and different course. scenarios and different um, job opportunities or lack thereof. Um, but uh, yeah, in my, in my 20s, I wasn't really doing stand-up. And then in my 30s, I was again. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wait a minute. And that's sort of when I got out of my own way. And that's kind of when my career started happening because I wasn't as much waiting for someone to give me an opportunity. I could go out and I got on the road. I had done American Idol in 2009. And so by 2010, 2011, I was touring. I had stamped all my promo shit with American Idol and I was like on the road doing music, doing comedy, playing colleges. Was this a musical from the beginning? Um... Well, when I was doing colleges, I wasn't even doing stand-up. I was doing music. I was this contestant oh. on American Idol. So I was like going to st- – I put three albums out. I was like going and singing songs and doing covers and had a looping thing or a kick drum pedal and a guitar. And a harmon- I just was like Bert from Mary Poppins, everything with a fucking kick drum on my back, like honk, honk, just doing whatever the fuck I could. And it's just like always been some racket or another where I was yeah. like, got to get out there, got to entertain, got to make mm-hmm. money pay the bills and do something that feeds my soul. And so between, and then I got into stand-up and then I started incorporating stand-up into my live set. Then I started incorporating musical comedy into my live set. And then I stopped doing straight up music and was pretty much only doing comedy and musical comedy. Wow. Does it, do you feel though that being, I don't want to, I don't want to say pushed in that direction because it sounds like that's something that you really loved and really fulfilled you, the stand-up and musical stuff. Do you feel like, having only that to focus on for a while or having more time to focus on that made you more dynamic overall as a performer? Well, interesting question. And I'm going to pull a piece out of the middle that I didn't even think you meant to pinpoint, but focus on has never been a thing I've ever done ever focus on anything. (laughs) So it's all been in the arsenal. I've Mm -hmm. always made music. I've always told jokes. I've always done improv. I've always been Mm -hmm. an actor. I've always, um, it's, I've always just been doing all these mm-hmm. things. And I remember back in the day, I met with a really big manager, I'll tell you after. And she wanted to rep me and she didn't get along with my agent. So I would have had to leave my agent, which would have been fine because he was a fucking asshole anyway. Sure. But I, instead of going with her, which I unequivocally should have, I stayed with my agent. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, I parted with this agent and I called her and I said, hey, I'm not with that agent anymore. I'd love to work together or at least talk about it. And she was like, you know what? I've been thinking about you. And I, I don't know music, right? That's not what I do. I'm an actor's agent. I'm a comics agent. Mm-hmm. And I would, it would be weird for me. I want to rep somebody 100% of their career. And because I don't understand 50% of what you're doing, I love that you do it. And I love that you have that in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. But because I don't, deal in that space, work in that space, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I don't feel like I'd be able to adequately represent you there. Oh, wow. And so she w- wouldn't represent me because she was like, by that point, I was like doing a lot of music. And she yeah. was like, it doesn't make sense to me because I want to rep you across the board. So this sort of well-rounded entertainer life that I've tried to cultivate has often bit me in the ass and not helped me. Oh, interesting. I mean, even that agent I was telling you about back in the day, anything I had to do, if I had to miss something or if I had to reschedule an audition because of something mm-hmm. musical instead of being like, oh, okay, cool. You're a well-rounded entertainer. It was like, I don't know how lo- how much longer you think we're going to be like moving auditions around so you can go sing somewhere. Like that's not, it was, it was not celebrated that I was doing all of the things. That it was so definitely looked at. It was definitely looked at as like a, and I can't tell you how many times casting direct, everybody has been like, so what is it that you want to do? Do you want to be an actor or do you want to be a musician? And it's like, oh, I, I don't... You're like, I, mean, I want to be where people are paying me. Yeah, well, yeah, I want to be where people <laughs> are paying me, but like definitely both. And now the answer is, for me, much clearer. I mean, I want to be, uh, be a TV star. Always. Yeah. I've always wanted to be. I've never really deviated from that. That's, I've wanted to be the nanny since I was born, and that's the same now. And I want to keep making music yeah. and... I love making music. It's so funny music. also like learning, uh, for me, finding out that you were in The Nanny multiple times. Because I used to watch that show all the time when I was growing mm. up. And I'm like, oh, I saw you before I even knew you. And I didn't yeah. realize. 
I love it. When you auditioned for Glow, like, did you know right away? First of all, I didn't realize the timeline of, I knew you played Gilda in A Futile and Stupid Gesture. Because it felt like it all happened at once. Like, it was like, oh, fuck, Jackie's just in everything now. Um, which is, you know, amazing. Uh, Stop But did you know, I guess when you auditioned for that, I'm assuming you were like, feeling good because you had just played Gilda. Like, did you, did you feel it? Like, were you like, I'm getting this fucking role? Massively. No, I definitely didn't. I mean, I knew, I know this business too well to ever say I'm getting this fucking role, (laughs) even to this day. Um, But yes, the Gilda situation helped massively for a lot of reasons. First of Mm -hmm. all, like I was just telling you, doing stand up, being on the road, uh, having managers come up to me at shows and being like, yo, who reps you and what are you doing? And like, what is happening? And, you know, um, me feeling like I was getting the entertainment business validation. I wasn't making money. I wasn't getting mm-hmm. big jobs really yet, but I was like, something was happening. I was like going to go do mm-hmm. Montreal. And like, people were like, oh, this like female musical comedian is happening. And there was like cool shit kind of bubbling. Uh-huh. I was writing. I was like just being, stepping way more into myself than just being like, sure do hope I get an audition. <laughs> and then just swallowing a ton. <laughs> Silently, sure. just lots of lip sounds just alone in my house. <laughs> so, uh, then I get this audition for Gilda and mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, it's Alison Jones. Who's like the dream queen casting director of the universe. Like one of the greatest of all time. And I, to this day, don't know how I got that Gilda audition. I, I think it was my agent. I was with a small company and I think it was mm-hmm. my agent cause it wasn't my sleeping ass manager. I'll tell you that. So, <laughs> Um, so my agent at the time was like the small company and I think I got the audition, still Mm -hmm. don't know, went in, but I was so prepared for the Gilda audition because she's been my favorite since I was a kid. And when I started doing her in my sleep, yeah, no, hundred percent. Like I've, I've been doing those characters for no one for 20 years at at a minimum, probably 30 years at that Mm -hmm. point. Um, and so I had the Gilda, best of Gilda VHS. And like when I went in and I knew it was for a David Wayne movie, who is mm-hmm. obviously one of my comedy heroes. If he's not one of your comedy heroes, you're sleeping. Yeah. So <laughs> I was just like, what is happening? This is too good to be true. And then when I started doing a little more research just to like, I listened to her book, which was not the thing to do necessarily is, before uh, comedy, which is the saddest, yeah, just the worst. And her yeah. trials and tribulations, obviously with ovarian cancer, but before that with her relationship with Jean and wanting mm-hmm. babies and being infertile and all she ever wanted was a family it's, and gave up oof, her career for, much. I mean, it's, it's yeah. too much. And um, so I learned everything I could about her. And this is just before a fucking pre-read audition, like mm-hmm. going in, coming in real hot. Like yeah, the way and I, I've I've told the story kind of before, but there's something interesting about what I did on that audition. Could have been looked at as like real awesome or like really embarrassing and try hard. Like too much, Lisa. I had costume changes. I brought a guitar. <laughs> no, Lisa. I like I like. I did everything. I wore bell bottoms and a little tank top with no bra uh-huh. just to look like Gilda. I parted my uh-huh. hair in the middle. I like brushed it out. It was super wavy. I put it in uh-huh. these little clips. Uh-huh. I looked just like her. Then when I was listening to stuff, I was like, why is it always so easy for me to do like the voices of her characters? And it's because we have similar speaking voices, mm-hmm. Jewish, raspy, nasally. Hers yeah. is just more in the back of her throat because she's from Detroit. I'm Gilda okay. Radner. I'm Gilda Radner. But I other than it. that, we have almost identical speaking voices. It's uh-huh. totally bizarre. Totally. I it was like, it. I was sort of listening to her talk and then I would repeat it and go like, oh, that just sounds like that. Do you think that's what drew you to her at a young age? Was the similarities? I think she probably, but also just that she was like a wiry, wily, super funny, unafraid, unapologetic little mm-hmm. Jewish girl. Mm-hmm. And that was, I was all those things and yeah. wanted to be all those things. And there was a freedom in her, which now I obviously have learned much later is her being inside her brain and body was a prison, but it looked like there was in mine too. It looked like (laughs) there was a freedom and there was this just men loved her and women wanted to be her. And she Mm -hmm. wasn't a classic beauty, but she just was, I have chills. I mean, just, she's the greatest, was the greatest. And, um, so they said, you know, you could prepare the movie. If you don't super gesture took place before her SNL days. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes through that, but it doesn't feature it in the movie. And so they were like, you know, you're not going to need to do Emily Latella or Rosanna Dana or Lisa Lubner or all these characters I grew up loving. Uh-huh. You're not going to need to do them for the audition. But if you want to show some of her SNL characters just to show that you can uh, embody her. And I did them mm-hmm. all. I love it. I did like I seven so or eight much. of them. I It feels like you went in and you were like, I mean, if you pick somebody besides me, you're just making a terrible mistake. That was what I was going for, <laughs> but also I've I, that this wasn't the first time I felt that. I mean, I've tried out for parts where they were looking for a girl from a Jewish girl from <laughs> Brooklyn who plays ukulele and his grandparents are Holocaust survivors. Yeah, and, and I go like, in and they cast like <laughs> and they cast like a blonde girl who played Stacy in the Babysitters Club who like couldn't <laughs> no. be less Jewish. She's like the most shiksa, just the most Anglo gorgeous. And you're mm-hmm. like, that's not a Jew from Europe, from Holocaust surviving descendants. That is not what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't look like Aryan nation. For no, God's I'm telling you, the it doesn't. Opposite. There's it, a whole thing. 100% does not look like <laughs> Kaylee Cuoco. Like, who, <laughs> yes. by the way, is amazing. And what, but like, sure, no, yeah, that's not right. for you. Um, <laughs> but so I'm telling you, there have been, I mean, I've been doing this a long enough time that I have gone out for things. I love that you added on, like, and the character's name was Jackie Bone. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. tr- like, it's been yes. that crazy. And I've been like, I've seen it come out on TV and been like, you perplexed. <laughs> so the Gilda thing, I was like, okay, I mean, I basically was like challenging them to hire someone else mm-hmm. and like it. And not to be sad, Zach, but like it had happened every other time in my career, I obviously thought that's what was going to happen, that it yeah. wasn't going to be it's me. It's so funny because I, I feel like I need a little bit of that um, because I'm so optimistic always. And like, I mean, somebody could send me an email about something and I'm like, here it comes. Here's my big break. And it's like, I mean, not even at the audition yet. Relax. But I think there's a combo. Mm hmm. Where I'm at now more, which is I would love to do because I had a point where I would walk out of the room and be like, I didn't get it in mentally. Sure. Because it was so painful to not get it all the time. Yeah. But now I'm in the happy medium of like, it was too, it's too heartbreaking to every single time build yourself up and really mentally, because you know manifestation wise, right? You want to put yourself there. You want to sit there and Mm -hmm. think about it and visualize it. And I'm on the fence with how much I believe in all that, but I don't think it hurts to sit there and go, yeah, like this would be great. This feels good. Get some calm around this. I want this. I could see myself in it. Mm -hmm. But the more you do that, I think it's, it's a challenging it is tough because it, like, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Cause every, if you get that excited, every time you get a fucking email, are you not heartbroken <laughs> every single day? I, um, it, luckily for me, I have a very short attention span. So like I'll get really excited and I'll hit like a 10. And then by the end of the day, I've kind of forgotten about it. So I'll oh. hit that, I'll hit that spike in that. Like there was something that I thought I was going to get recently. And I was so excited for, a couple of days and then I forgot about it. And then just like yesterday, I realized like, oh, I never heard back from that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, that sucks. So it's enough time has passed that I don't have like the hard dip down emotionally, you know? But like you're saying with the visualizing, it does. I'm also on the fence with that stuff because there's also like, I'm sure you just saw like Trayvon Free won a, an Oscar last weekend. And he tweets out this picture where he had written a post-it note the day he started his script and was like, Oscar goes here on the shelf. And I'm like, that's incredible. Also, I, I, I can't, I'll get really excited, but I can't take that like physical step because then when a year later, there's just dust sitting on that uh, post-it, post-it note. Like, I don't want the, like, the physical I know, man, representation it's hard. It is it's, something I, I, I can't know. Handle. I know. I know. I mean, preaching to the choir, but it's like, so, but I think now I'm in this sort of happy medium space, at least, Mm -hmm. of, I go on an audition, I acknowledge it's, I do my best, I acknowledge that it's awesome, and that Mm -hmm. I'd love to do it, and I'd love to be part of it, and that I could add so much to it, Uh Um, and that's it, right? And And then. And then you just let it go, and then if you get it, because that way you're not putting out negativity of like, well... Because I used to say, like, oh, I probably didn't get it. And then if I got it, I was like, oh, my God, 
what a what a what a better trajectory to be like I yeah. didn't get it and then you get to go up and you did get it as yeah, opposed like, to being like oh my god oh my god I'm so excited I really want it and then the heartbreak of not getting it yeah so it's 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 I mean it's psychological this business is so funny I when I um David Litt the guy who uh, created King of Queens and created mm-hmm. the show that I was fired from he had nothing to do with my being fired mm-hmm. after I got fired I had a meeting with him in his office and he was like you know you're young enough but I know you've been in this business a long time I mean by agreeing to be in this business, it's, it's, it's emotional, it's psychological warfare. It's <laughs> just, it, I mean, honestly, it's not, Yeah, I, I know it's, it's wild. I mean, this is what it is. And the people that are running it in a lot of cases would otherwise be, I mean, not institutionalized. That's a little intense, but it's like <laughs> these people that are just, you know, eye on the prize and like you were mm-hmm. saying earlier about like the complete dehumanization and then there's projects like glow which are just like kind of magical can i tell you also just like side note i cried when i watched that pilot not to mm. like sound corny but i was like it was so incredible to watch stories about women being women and not just like and not like them all like anytime you see a group of women it's all like how do we all get laid and that Mm -hmm. wasn't the central focus of the show and I was like this is so nice like the dynamics were so great and it was it was just and real and yeah girlfriends and women of many sizes shapes colors ages being represented authentically and Mm -hmm. god did did they accomplish something with that show yeah I miss it I'm is my favorite thing ever and um, yeah, so there are the, the, you know, Glow gave me a lot of renewed fervor and hope and love and enchantment with making things and falling back in love with I love that. scripts and people and actors and just being part of a thing. And it was really, really, really the far and away the most special thing I've I've ever been part of. And Betty Gilpin and I used to talk about it when we were on the show. We were like acutely aware that we'll never, that we never had anything like this before and we very likely won't ever again. It's just, yeah. it's lightning in a bottle. You can't. I love it. Well, and chills, how, like, how cool that you got to be a part of that too. Dude, please. I love after, it. <laughs> after, all, after all the stories yeah. I just told you, yeah. it was like Is- there was a true universal pull of just like, all right, you can have you can have this one, um, but to answer your earlier question, circle back was just that um, when I got Gilda, um, Allison Jones cast it, and her protege is Jen Houston, and Jen Houston mm-hmm. cast Glow. So when I went in on the Glow audition oh. a couple months after I did Gilda, I was like, dude, this is the best script I've ever read. Like, I'm so excited to be here. I'm Jackie. She came in from New York to uh-huh. cast, and I was like, it's so nice to meet you. I'm Jackie. She goes, oh, I know who you are. Um, Allison sent me your Gilda tape. And I was like boots on the ground in New York because we were both like, we we were making sure you got that job and it was not easy. Oh, I love that. Because they wanted famous people for everything. Yeah. I mean, it's so great that they fought for you too. And like they were like, this is like, this is your girl and like, just stop it. So like, this <laughs> yeah. is your, stop it. Um, and so then Jen, I have such chills. When I came in for Glow, I introduced myself to her and she was like, I know, get in here. Let's fucking party. And she was so cool and so easy and so gritty and just like talking to you. It wasn't just like, how do I perform the scene? It was her just being like, let's try it again where we... And like I read for all the different characters. We didn't even know at first who I was going to be mm-hmm. right for. So anyway, to answer your question from an hour ago, how did Glow come <laughs> no, about? I love it. That's how. I love that so much. When you look back on stuff, was there something that felt either insignificant or bad at the time that ended up? pushing you in the right direction um i mean i don't know about pushing me in the right direction but or that like like getting fired uh yeah i mean yeah it's 150 things getting Mm -hmm. fired from regular joe felt awful Mm -hmm. but industry-wise i guess like getting fired is very common and it didn't matter and then i ended up with like cool reps because i I still was a person who booked a series and that was a big deal um and then that show didn't even air it was supposed to be for mid-season replacement six episodes Mm -hmm. it like aired one day one week and then another day and another time another week and then they just canned it completely 
So like, it's crazy didn't how much matter. money is just thrown at stuff, and then people are like, "Well, I don't know. I threw twenty million at it, and it didn't work." So I mean, oh well. Quibi. And it's like, what? <laughs> yes. I mean, but like, I think everyone but the people that came up with Quibi was like, "Oh, this is a disaster." I feel like one. even the people that came up with it, but even the people who like made <laughs> stuff for Quibi were like. Yeah. Cool, because everybody got their content back. So they were like, cool, Quibi's going to pay for me to do like a proof of concept for a show I'm going to try and sell somewhere else next year. Okay. Yeah, Tight. no problem. Um, I'm mad that I didn't bank on that myself. Yeah, no, same. <laughs> um, I was on a Quibi show, but I didn't personally bank. But yeah, yeah so it was like, um, what was I saying before that? Glow, Quibi, all of it. Yeah. It's been a journey, man. <laughs> Your next upcoming thing then would be do re mi, right? Yes, man. Are you so um, stoked? Oh my god, I'm beyond. It was supposed to come out in May, and then pandemic mm-hmm. vibes, and now it's coming yeah. out in September. But okay, whatever. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Um, so do re mi is an animated musical preschool series with three birds so with three tiny birds and the three birds live in Bebopsburg now every episode the three birds make music I play Ray <laughs> she's a hummingbird why? because me I move pretty fast <laughs> so <laughs> I love um, it and Kristen Bell plays yeah <laughs> um, yeah we really came in hot with the sad stories up top but we can end on a high with like I like it it's not going terribly also you know I don't know yeah. what's next but it's all cool um so Dory Me, my friend Mike Scharf and I created mm-hmm. in 2014. Christ. Hi, is Lisa home? It's Jackie. Everything I was trying to remind takes you that. So long. It's only whatever, it's only eight years. It's seven mm-hmm. years, so who cares? It's um, only a decade. But it's only just, I'm, I'm 70. Um <laughs> so Mike and I created it in 2014. And then in like a year later, I brought it, like we had some songs and Mike had drawn some art. Mm-hmm. I, Kristen was the only Kristen Bell was the only person I knew at the time who had a kid, she had mm-hmm. like a baby daughter who was like one or two. And I was like, does Lincoln like this, these songs and this art? She like loved Taylor Swift and Hamilton. And I was like, because we were trying to make a show with kids music that didn't want to make parents put the iPad in the microwave, you know, just like real. <laughs> yes. just, just all of it. I mean, all, all of it. Yeah. Baby Sharky, gee, gee, gee. so we were like, okay. <laughs> we were just trying to like make dope songs. Mm-hmm. My buddy Dave and I. So... I showed it to her and I didn't even have the business acumen at the time to be like, should you maybe produce this? Or by the way, keep in mind, this is pre-frozen. So mm-hmm. Kristen's famous, but she's not who she is now. Like she was on Veronica Mars kind of vibes, you know, like Got it. she yeah. was a movie star, but she wasn't, you know, we're at it. She's a different level, I think now. Um, anyway, so I was just like, do you like, you know, is this, do the girls think this is cool? And she was like, do you need help with this? And I was like, like what? Like, Sure. And she was like, well, if you like need, like, I would produce this with you. Like, I would make this show with you. And I was like, what? Yeah. I don't know what that means. I didn't have reps. I had nothing. So I was like, oh, okay, sure. Uh I I don't know what that looks like. So then her people started getting us pitches. (laughs) And then we, and then we sold it to this company called Gaumont, which is Mm a a French, but now very international. They do like Narcos, F is for family, monster company. Awesome. Um, They came on board in 2016, I think. And then we brought it to Amazon in late 2017. We were in development with them for a year. And then late 2018, Amazon finally greenlit it. And we started doing the voicing and writing the scripts and doing everything in 2019. And now it's coming out September, 2021. Gosh, that's such a journey. It's a fucking journey. That's crazy. Um, So So that's going to be on Netflix? Amazon. Amazon. I don't know where I pulled Netflix from. Oh, Um, it's fine. because you did other things on Netflix. I was like, well, obviously everything's on Netflix. Um, no, God bless. Listen, wherever. That's whoever, awesome. What's yeah, the age so, range you're targeting? I then? think it's like about approximately two to five, like that. Okay. So cool. just babies. And so basically, you know, the, the premise of the show is these three birds live in their musical town and they are trying to write a song and they're not trying to, and they write a song every episode and they mm-hmm. sing it at the end of the episode. But the sounds and the pieces you hear over the course of the episode build the song at the end, right? So then by the time you hear it at the end, these little kids have heard sort of the makings and the pieces that put the song together. Um, It was hard to explain in a pitch, but once they got it, they were like, oh, we get it. Yeah. Um, And I was like, it's like stomp for children. Like you just, the like, you know, one of the songs, (laughs) like if you hear, like at the beginning of an episode, they'll hear like a saw and a hammer. And then Mm -hmm. later that, that will be the percussion of the song. I love it. It's such a great way to get them to also use their imaginations. Mm -hmm. 
without being like, use your imagination, kid. Well, because the second you say that, they shut down. Or the second you're like, you're learning. They're like, I'm not. Want to bet? How much you want to bet I'm not learning? Like, oh, okay, you're defying (laughs) it too. But they are. And so you have to be very sort of smart and tricky about how you're Mm -hmm. teaching children things, which I'm I'm learning. And so we... uh, I pitched that every episode be a different musical genre, which was mm-hmm. hard, which was a challenging one because people were like, well, what's the through line? I'm like, hear me out. We'll have an opera episode, a pop episode, an 80s Whitney episode, yeah. a queen episode. And we'll be teaching kids about every genre of music and musical instruments. God, I love that so much. And it's happening. And it's honestly, I've been watching a lot of the edits because I do like mm-hmm. score notes and sound effects notes. And uh, it's, the most go- it's the most gorgeous t- show I've ever seen in my entire life. I didn't draw it so I can say that. It's unreal, man. It's unreal. I can't wait for the world to see. I cannot wait. So when is September what? We don't know yet. So but September twenty so September twenty twenty one. Okay. Like we'll have like rollout info and all that soon enough, but so exciting. Look out for I mean, look, I could learn from it. So I'm I'm excited. One last question, Jackie. If you're and this is tough because you're this is a tough question for you because you were acting at such a young age but like if your childhood self could meet you like if 10 11 year old jackie could meet adult jackie what do you think she would think i'm going through a lot right now so the mere suggestion of childhood jackie makes me cry oh i'm sorry um no don't be sorry um at all um i don't think it's a bad cry at all because 11 year old jackie is tight this age jackie is tight um uh I think she would be so stoked. I think she'd be really stoked that we did it. Yeah. It's funny because if you asked me this at 35, it would be such a different answer. Because it would be, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have any of the things I have now. I wouldn't have the shows under my belt, the experience under my belt, the success under my belt, the validation under my belt. I would just have like the struggle and the laughs because I always laugh yeah. and but and the joy of uh, the the joy here and there of being in this business and the tiny successes and occasional successes I ran into encountered rather Isn't but it so wouldn't incredible? be the same It's as, so incredible how much can happen in such a little amount of time and how little can happen in such a huge amount of time <laughs> Yeah because yeah. that's because there was a long ass time where I was just trying the thing, man. Yeah. Just I'm glad like, you stuck with it. Oh, I mean, not, not that you were ever going to jump ship, but it's so fun to watch you and stuff because you should have been thanks, in stuff, man. more stuff sooner. I was really never going to jump ship. It's wild. Like, it's like I was saying earlier, like that perseverance gets so congratulated once you've made it but when you don't yeah. it's like do you ever consider maybe uh, <laughs> yeah. uh teaching uh, cop jokes to children like no i didn't no <laughs> not at all no no oh, i never have <laughs> uh well thank you so much for coming on and for- oh my pleasure Thanks so much for listening. Once again, that was Jackie Tone. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Jackie Tone. It's Jackie T-O-H-N. And I'm Lisa Curry. You can find me on Twitter at Lisa underscore Curry and on Instagram at Olympian Lisa Curry. As usual, if you're enjoying the podcast, please like and subscribe. Leave a little comment. Tell a friend. Um, tell a coworker. Hand out flyers. Rent a billboard. You know, uh, just the little things. It really helps. Um, thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye.